Well, welcome to another podcast from Vine and Fig Tree. And I want to talk about part two of Are You Damaged Goods today? And in the first part, we understand that believers are going to suffer. There are all kinds of sufferings again, but believers in the New Testament suffer in many different ways, and we have to be prepared for that in our hearts too. And if we have suffered, we need to come to a place of being cleansed by the Holy Spirit so that we can do what God wants us to do. In Philippians 4, 11 through 13, not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound and everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Brothers and sisters, that's our foundational understanding along with Romans 8:28, which says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. As we trust God in all things, even whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Then we can walk in the works that God has set up for us to do without stumbling. Now, one of the th ways that we stumble is that if we're offended, does that offense against us cause us to not be able to fulfill the calling of God in our lives? And it, God does not want it to stop us. Look at all of the offense that was labeled and shoved at and thrown at the Lord Jesus Christ throughout his earthly ministry and the great offense of the cross and the beatings that he took and being spit upon. Did he come back from the dead accusing his, uh, his, the guards that beat him, Pontius Pilate, uh, Herod the king, the priests, the Sanhedrin? No, he didn't. He kept, just as he did going to the cross, he kept his eyes completely focused on the things of God's plan for him and for us. And he did not let the offenses damage that walk with the Lord. And that's where God wants us to be. Now, let's take a look at what it says in James about suffering. James 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Well, that's pretty simple and straightforward, isn't it? Isn't there something more complicated if we're suffering? Don't we need to be more complicated? Well, actually, no. Because when I had that second kidney stone and God said, rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in all circumstances, the minute that I began to pray and give thanks, that kidney stone passed right in that emergency room. And I could get up and go from there. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. What's the point of let him pray? Well, it's that you need to draw near to God in every circumstance of our lives. As we draw near to God, he can impart grace to us. If we resist drawing near to him, he cannot impart that grace to us as we need it. 
And then in 1 Peter 4.19, it says, Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God. There it is again, the will of God for suffering. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. And that's where we belong. Committing our souls to God in doing good. The works that God prescribed before the foundation of the world that we are to walk in, us individual little folks, as to a faithful creator. And that is where we find ourselves today. So, Suffering at the hands of spiritual leadership is one of the worst things we can endure. Jesus talked about that, didn't he? In the Old Testament, there's a prophetic verse about, well, you were my friend, and we went and we took sweet counsel together, and you betrayed us. We went together to the house of worship, and you betrayed me. And he was talking about Judas. Did the Lord Jesus let that stop him from going to the cross? And you know, he could have stopped going to the cross at any time. He could have called down legions of angels and cleaned out the Romans from Israel. But he had an understanding that God had a plan for all of us. And he was set, his face like a flint, to do the will of God. And so in 2 Corinthians, we find out why God would call us to go through suffering at the hands of spiritual leaders who have, um, and, and Holly and I have gone through that. We were asked to leave a church after we'd been uh, faithful and diligent members for 18 years uh, because we brought up a problem with the volume of the music. And the volume of the music was so bad that when we drove up late one day, we could see the big windows in the, in the sanctuary bulging out with the beat of the drums and the bass guitar. And I had had to go to the doctor because I had a serious earache in my left ear. And he said, well, it looks like you're having noise-induced damage. And I couldn't believe that. I just said, well, I, I wear earmuffs when I go hunting. I wear earmuffs when I use power tools. I work in an office building. It's quiet there. And so he said, all right, um, let's send you to the number one ear, nose, and throat man in all of Wisconsin. And he did. And that man ran me through, that doctor ran me through four hours of testing and came out with the same diagnosis. He said, let's run down the list. Do you hunt? Yes. You wear earmuffs? Yes. Do you do anything with power tools? Yes. Do you wear earmuffs? Yes. And we went down the whole list of noise and where it might be that it's coming from. And he said, do you listen to any loud rock and roll music? And I said, well, the church right now that we attend has gone into that contemporary Christian music, which is loud and it tends towards rock and roll. And his conclusion after all of this was you need to either wear earplugs or find a different church. When we brought that back to the leadership, they said, oh, no, 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 that, that can't be true. Your dad suffered, uh, suffered hearing loss, so it's, it's, it's hereditary. But they ruled out the doctor that was the number one ear, nose, and throat man in the state of Wisconsin and told us eventually that we should leave. And they were our spiritual leaders for 18 years. And that hurt. 
it hurt so much that we wanted to tell everybody. We wanted to explain and defend ourselves. So we want, and then God said, okay, it's time to quiet down. You've had your initial burst. Quiet down and learn what I want you to learn. And I want you to recognize that it is me that puts you through this persecution. And it was persecution because we had friends who told us what they were told about us after we left, and it was pretty bad. We were greatly disparaged by the spiritual leadership of that congregation. So we set our hearts on finding what God wanted us to do, and it was a hit and miss, uh, try this, do that kind of thing for a while. And then God started to show us that what he had intended for us was that we learn forgiveness first and foremost. Now, forgiveness if somebody stubs your toe is one thing. Forgiveness when your spiritual leadership tells you that you're all wrong and you're out in left field, which was exactly what one of the leaders told, that's a completely different issue because you're shaken at your spiritual development. You're shaking in your soul about what, what what's going on here. And yet God showed us to be completely forgiving and then to go beyond to not just forgive, but to pray for those who offended us and to continue to pray for our brothers and sisters who withdrew from us because of that leadership and the offense that they uh, propagated towards us. And so we learned forgiveness and we learned to find our place in the body of Christ and we moved a couple different times. And then we moved to our final location where we have been blessed by the congregations that we've been part of. It's just incredible. So we've grown a lot. And one of the things that happened was we expanded what responsibility God had given us into doing much more than we could have done in that original congregation. The thing that we came to overall was that God did indeed work it together for good to go through that suffering. But there is an ultimate purpose that God has for each one of us going through suffering, and it's found in 2 Corinthians 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in all Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God's ultimate purpose goes beyond forgiveness, goes beyond praying for those that uh, abused us, and it goes into now you're ready to help those, to comfort those who have suffered in like manner. And brothers and sisters, we have run into many people in the last five or six years who have suffered at the hands of their spiritual leaders and who are damaged goods. 
And yet God is bringing them through the comfort that we've given and the comfort of God's word and the comfort of the Lord himself. We have seen them come to that place of forgiveness and praying for those who have abused them and then coming to that place where they can comfort others. And that's what this is all for, that we can comfort those with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God meant it for good, and God has brought it to good. Brothers and sisters, trust God, no matter what you go through, that you are being prepared to comfort others. And that is a wonderful place of service to Jesus. And in his direction, we go forward being the comforters by the leading of the Holy Spirit that God wants us to be. And so I bless you in the name of Jesus. Have a great week, and we'll look forward to uh, meeting with you again next week. Amen.